This week on the show, our pop culture references, we talk about the book The Magic Fish and Fortune Cookies. It's the first week of July 2021 and you're listening to Lunchbox Reaction. everyone, I'm your host Linnea, and I'm joined by my co-hosts Brian, Hello, and Evan. Hello there! Now let's start off with our pop culture references. <laughs> Who wants to go first? I'll go first. So, I saw a movie trailer earlier this week, and I've been dying to talk about it all week, because it is terribly disturbing and horrible, and I wouldn't want to wish it on my worst enemy. What? Uh... Why are you telling us? Some studio executive had the bright idea to take a beloved children's book property and turn it into a live-action movie. Oh, no. What is it? I have read these books to you, too. I I think you liked them. Oh, no. But it's on the big screen now, and it is a sight to behold. The movie I am talking about that is going to be out soon is Clifford the Big Red Dog. That's a movie? Yes, they are making a live-action version of people, what? of course, and then a computer-animated huge red dog that I can only describe as uh, as, in, as living in the uncanny valley. Oh, no. You guys... I, there's a Clifford TV show yeah, that's animated. Yeah, that. That's actually pretty good. Right, right. And, you know, it's fine when it's drawn, but oh, my gosh. Do you remember when we talked about Flora and Ulysses? And, yes. and how we really liked the squirrel, but all the money went into the squirrel because the cat was atrocious. To me, this is like cat level bad. Maybe not quite that bad, but oh, it's it's just so hard to look at this 3D animated dog. It's uh, I I can't believe they're doing this. Uh, anyway, yeah, you two should watch the trailer when we're done. I just looked at pictures of it it's so weird it is weird i haven't seen it yeah anyway that's my news of the week believe me i will not be watching that movie it just looks too creepy (laughs) all right one of you two go my pop culture reference for this week is that the movie in the heights came out so if you're a fan of hamilton in the heights was a musical that was made by lin-manuel miranda before hamilton came out and now there's a movie of it in the heights was lin-manuel miranda's first musical and it pretty much got overshadowed by Hamilton. So not many... I mean, I didn't really know about it until... I think In the Heights was how Lin-Manuel Miranda like, got famous, and then Hamilton was what made him really famous. I wouldn't say that not many people knew about it. It won many awards. Yeah. I think you were probably just too young to know about it, that's all. <laughs> I think Hamilton made it big as you were starting to learn about musicals, and Mom was playing it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So would you two recommend it? I mean, we could yeah. we could uh, talk about it on a future I think we show should. if you want. Okay. So maybe we won't say too much, just that it's out. You can watch it, and maybe we'll talk about it on a future episode. Can we talk about musicals on this podcast? I don't know why not. <laughs> yeah, we should talk about a musical I mean, we're, sometime. We're pop culture. We can talk about like anything as long as it's popular. <laughs> oh, so we don't talk about unpopular stuff? Nah. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, Evan, so what's your uh, news this week? So this week... The movie Black Widow is coming out. Oh, yeah. So if you've been watching the MCU for a while, you probably know about Black Widow. And if you haven't, then you probably also know about Black Widow because the MCU is very popular. MCU means Marvel Cinematic Universe for those who don't understand what he's talking about. It's Black Widow's first movie, and it seems to be pretty good. From what I have saw, 
It had a Rotten Tomato score of 82. That's good. And I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. That's going to be a while yet, though. <laughs> yeah, but I'm excited. Are you excited for the next Spider-Man movie? Not really. Oh. I mean, he's nice, but... <laughs> he's a nice spider. He's nice. I just don't like Spider-Man as much as Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm more looking forward to the next Into the Spider-Verse movie. Oh, yeah. Versus the next Spider-Man movie. <laughs> Me too. I'm looking forward to that. You really like Into the Spider-Verse. Because I really liked Into the Spider-Verse, although I'm worried that it won't be as good. It, it seems usually, to me, follow-up movies never are as good as the <laughs> no. original. So I'm both looking forward to it and kind of trepidatious about it. We'll see. So now on to our main topic for this week. Today we're talking about a graphic novel called The Magic Fish by Trung Lei Nguyen. The story follows a young teenage boy named Tian as he struggles to come out as gay to his family and his mother Hien as she tries to find a way to visit his grandmother in Vietnam. Tian speaks mostly English while Hien speaks mostly Vietnamese and the easiest way for the two to connect is through reading aloud fairy tales. So the main character of this book is Tian, and he speaks, he's, he's was like raised in the United States, so he speaks mostly English. So what did you guys think about Tian? I think he was pretty cool. I like how he's trying to come out for a lot of the book. Yeah, I think he's your, just your average, normal, everyday kid. You know, he's got friends, he's trying to talk with his family. I think this character is a good example of probably the types of people that your mom works with, right? Kids who have parents who are from another country and they're learning English. Although he, he already knows English pretty well, but, but he's the son of an immigrant family. And so this book has a lot to say about about those kind of families, you know, the inner workings, the kind of living in two worlds. You know, this, this main character, Tian, he lives... With his friends, he lives in a world where everyone speaks English, and then when he's at home, his parents really only speak Vietnamese, and he's trying to, he's kind of trying to be in both worlds at once, which is probably a, you know, hard to do. And then on top of that, you know, he's trying to come out to them or find out how to come out to them, and he's really scared and nervous, like probably teenagers are about anything. So yeah, I think Tian is a very well-drawn character. You really understand his inner workings and, and his timidness and his shyness and his friendships. So the other main character of the story is Tian's mother, Hien. And she was born in Vietnam and she was raised there. And then she wanted to move to America. They were having problems in Vietnam, so she had to leave. And so she and her husband, I think in order to get to America, they had to like get married. And so they'd like signed papers and then they like got onto a boat. They moved to America and it was just like a completely different world for her. She had to leave a lot of her family behind in Vietnam. And so like her mom's there and she really wants to go visit her mom. But right now she's just having a lot of trouble making ends meet. And if she, she wants to visit her mom, but she also wants to take her son with her, which is expensive. And so she's just trying to find a way for them both to get there and to see Vietnam and visit her family. So what did you guys think of her? She was nice. I liked seeing her backstory. It makes you have the feels for her. It makes you feel bad for her. Yeah, I found it interesting that this book had multiple points of view. I thought it was mostly going to be told from Tian's point of view, but then we also get her point of view as well. One thing about the mom, and I don't, this is just, I, this is just because of the drawings. Is sometimes the drawings made it almost look like 
she was the same age as Tian. Yeah, when I yeah I opened the book and I saw her and I thought that she was his sister. Yeah, yeah, she seemed yeah. It it took yeah. me a while to to figure that out. I thought that I thought that there was like a completely different story that they didn't have parents, so it was just the sister taking care of him. And then I realized, wait, no, never mind. I think it's just just the way the drawings were done. Cause in some frames, she does look older like his mother, but then other frames, she looks really young, like a sister or something. Like an older sister. Her story, it wasn't central to the book, but I think it does give some backstory to at least the fairy tales in the book, which, mm-hmm. which you haven't touched on yet either. So, yeah, there are three fairy tales that were told in this book. And so the first one, I think it was called, I think it's like a traditional Vietnamese fairy tale. It's called, like, Tom Com or something. Wasn't the first one more or less The Little Mermaid? That's the last one. No, that was the last one. Oh, that was the last one? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The first one is the one where it's a girl who has to run away from her home, and she, like, becomes, like, a chef at this one place. Yeah, okay, yeah. To me, that felt kind of like The Little Mermaid, I guess, so that's what I was (laughs) thinking The last one is is The Little Mermaid. Right, right, okay. So, yeah, she gets all these pretty dresses from, like, this person that wanted to marry her, but then she decided, no, I don't want to marry you. I'm just going to take these dresses you made for me. Because he's I an guess. old creepy dude. Nobody yeah. likes and her mom, old her mom was like from the sea. Yeah, I love the way he was drawn, the old, as Evan refers to him, the old creepy dude. Because he does, he really looks creepy. Yeah. Especially when his head looking. is coming up out of the water. I really like the way that the dresses were drawn. I thought the dresses were pretty. Yeah. Yes, this book has fabulous artwork. It's intricate and gorgeous and detailed and wonderful to look at. Beautifully, beautifully illustrated. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the girl, she meets this boy when she's like working as a chef. And (laughs) I'm not really sure what her job was. I think she's a chef. But yeah, she meets this one boy. and, And then, yeah, she starts having a crush on him. And then there's this huge ball that's happening. And she decides to go, but, like, disguise herself as a completely different person, like, with her hair down, wearing one of the pretty dresses. And then the uh, the boy she meets starts to have a crush on her as that person. And so then she keeps going to these events dressed as a completely different person. And then eventually she, like, gets found by the creepy old man again. And then her aunt, who used to take care of her, comes and rescues her. And then the boy finds her. And they're like, oh, it's you. Yeah. And then they get together. I enjoyed that fairy tale a lot. The one part that struck me as odd was the aunt, who just kind of suddenly appears <laughs> yeah. and, and saves the day out of nowhere. That and kind I kept of thinking, confused me. I was sort of expecting the mom to come eventually. Because if the aunt and the mom had the same magical abilities, you know, you would think maybe the mom came. I don't know. I just, it, it felt really weird to me. But that, that, that must <laughs> just be the, the fairy tale. <laughs> So the second fairy tale that was told was a retelling of Cinderella. It was very similar to the classic Cinderella story we have here. Except it was super dark. Except, yeah, it was a lot darker. (laughs) So So it hasn't been Disneyfied. No. So in this one, there's a magical talking fish that Cinderella talks, or not Cinderella, the girl who's like supposed to be like Cinderella. She talks to a magical fish. The girl is a maid to her stepmother, and she always has to work for her. And then one day she meets a talking fish and they become friends. And the girl becomes happy with the talking fish. But the mother does not want that. She wants the girl to be always sad because she blames the girl for her husband's death. So she kills the fish and makes Cinderella eat it. 
Oh, yeah, that was really sad. So now this book's title is The Magic Fish. Do you think, Mm -hmm. is this the central fairy tale of the story? Because it has the title of the book, or why do you think that is? Mm -hmm. I think maybe it's because, like, the fish was just someone that Cinderella could talk to that would just listen, and they would be able to, like, just talk and connect. And I feel like that's a lot of the relationship that Tian has with his mom. I mean, if you think about it, every story is really, really has a magic fish in it, so <laughs> that's why. And also, the magic fish story, it was supposed to be, I guess, kind of like the mom's experience in Vietnam. Because mm-hmm. it was like, it was a story that someone who was related to her was telling it to her. So it's a story that's kind of been handed down. Yeah. To me, a lot of this book is about connection. Yeah. Whether it's connection between a parent and a child, whether it's a connection between someone you have a crush on, whether it's a connection between, as in the mom's case, like the mom and and her parent who is old and dying and missing those connections or or misunderstanding the connections or it's just all those things. And then because it's told through the lens of multiple languages, you know, that's another part of the whole connection issue. How, How can we connect when we're not even speaking the same language or we don't even understand some of the words that we're saying? The last fairy tale told in this book was The Little Mermaid, but it was like, it wasn't the, as Dad would say, Disney-fied version. It was like the original retelling of The Little Mermaid, and so, or not the retelling, just the original version of The Little Mermaid. (laughs) So, wait, have you guys heard the original version before? No. So, yeah, in the original version, there's no happy ending for the Little Mermaid, except that she doesn't just turn into sea foam. She gets to, like, descend up into heaven or whatever. So then this version is this version, the same or different? Or? This version is different because it has, like, a happier ending, where in the end, instead of marrying the prince, she marries this girl who I think is the prince's friend or sister. <laughs> so the mom, when she's she's reading this story of the Little Mermaid, to Tian, and then she changes it so that in the end, the little mermaid ends up with another girl. And I think it's like kind of her way of telling Tian that she supports him and accepts him for who he is. So these fairy tales are told amid the rest of the book in which things happening, like where the mother goes back to Vietnam, mm-hmm. where uh, Tian is trying to go to a dance and he's trying to get up the courage to ask his friend out, and he's not sure what his friend is going to say or even if he's you know feels the same way that he does so again it's the the connection issues and kind of the fairy tales almost mimicking the real life in a way Mm -hmm. so what did you guys what stood out to you about the art style in this book so as a person who does printing (laughs) for a living (laughs) what i noticed first is just the color palette yeah, yeah, I love the colors it's, and the way they were done. So it's black ink drawings, and then the backgrounds. There, there's like a purple color. There's a like a, the pink color is pink, for real life. A magenta. Yeah, so like there's more orangish, warm colors for when they're in reality, where the characters are living. And then when we go into the fairy tale world, it's all like cool colors, like blues and purples. Yeah, there's no actual four color work in here. It's all. It's pretty much two colors you might say or black mm-hmm. and then shades of a different color and every panel is is pretty much like that it's too, limited to about two colors yeah. sometimes i got confused on like what each pa- panel meant because there was this one point where the boy was thinking about like an image that he had already seen in the past so i was wondering if it was really just like fairy tales for the blue ones or just like 
imagination or something. Mm. Mm, yeah, maybe. I mean, it probably is in his imagination because they're reading the stories together. Or just really anybody's imagination. And, then, and of course, then sometimes on the panels with blue, there would suddenly be a splash of the orange, like the yeah. the uh, the fruit that she would pick would be orange. And then that would stand out all the more because it was mm-hmm. almost magical in a way. So, so yeah, the the art stood out for that. But then mostly just, just the ink drawings are just gorgeous. Yeah. The author, who is also the illustrator, is an incredible artist. The The detail on these dresses is just amazing. At the end of the book, there's a whole section about the art and, and even the fashion yeah. of the dresses, which is, which is interesting to read. So, um, yeah, hats off to the author. He's actually from Minnesota, so he's oh. local. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a local artist. He went to Hamlin University and studied art. And he's been drawing comics for a while, but this is his very first graphic novel, and I think he made a great one. I think we're going to see lots of good stuff from him in the future. Yeah. I really admire him for the way he draws his hair. The hair is just so cool looking. It's like you can see individual strands. He draws hair very long. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah, so the, long and curly. Yeah, the, the If you're looking for princesses. long hair... Come to this book. Every per, every yeah, the curly, hair long, curly hairs. <laughs> curly, long hair. So what are your final thoughts on the book? I enjoyed this book quite a bit. I'm glad I read it. Uh, I read it a few weeks ago, so it's kind of slipped my mind a, a bit. I don't quite remember <laughs> it. I know I enjoyed it. It didn't stick with me that much. So I was re- just rereading a few of the panels this morning just to reacquaint myself with it. That's not to say it's not good or anything. I I would highly recommend reading it. I think, you know, if you are someone coming from a different culture, it'd be a good book for you. If you're an immigrant family, it'd be good for you. Last month was Pride Month, so we're in July now, so that's yeah. over. But, you know, Pride can be celebrated at any time, as far as I'm concerned. And this, if if you're looking for something to celebrate Pride, go out and check out this book, because it, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a great story. We can celebrate after Pride Month. Yeah, at one point, I, like... On the last day of school, when I, like, actually went in for the first time, like, I brought this book, too, in case I needed something to read. And one of my friends just looked at me and went, like, oh, that's such a great book. Oh, cool. So some of your friends have read it, too, huh? Yeah. Nice. I'd give it an 8. I'd give it a 9 out of 10. I think that it's a pretty cool book. All right. There we go. Yep. The Magic Fish by... Chung Lei Nguyen. Chung Lei Nguyen. Check it out. That name is really fun to say. Okay, so now we can do fortune cookies. Fortune cookies? We can do fortune cookies? I got a cute one. What is it? A real friend asks to spend time with you, not money. Hey, Linnea, can I have some money? Because I'm your real friend. No, it's the opposite. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mine is a small gift can bring joy to your whole family. Yeah. And mine is, fortune favors the brave. <laughs> it's a self-promotion. Are you pretty, are you, would you consider yourself brave? I never really thought about it <laughs> that much. I don't know. Okay, there you have it. Those are our fortunes for the week. That about wraps up this episode of Lunchbox Reaction. <laughs> you can find us on the web at lunchboxreaction.net, and you can find us at Twitter at Lunchbox Reaction. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Linnea. Uh, bye. <laughs> and Dad's here, too. That would be me. <laughs> and Evan's here, too. Wait, he is? Where is he? 
Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening. See you next week at the lunch table.